cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shark flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. Hey, Caitlin. Chris, how's it going? Hey, good. You are at an exciting location this week. Tell us about I it. I am. I have a 10-0 tennis match, a USDA match, and on occasion we play at Westside. Actually, you can hear the elevated train going by in the background probably. Westside Tennis Club in Forest Hills where they used to host the U.S. Open wow. uh, back in the day before Flushing Meadows. They have all the past champions going back to people in like petticoats lining the the halls it's pretty cool it's musty in a charming way you could not sound more like an east coast elite than than right now it's not even <laughs> it's <possible>. musty <laughs> in a charming way <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that sounds like a real asshole sure um so there's match fixing there's the oh my god who knew there's match <laughs> right we all knew but now we know more Evidently. Yes. Yeah. Did you know? Did you? Did this occur to you? I kind of didn't really think well, this was as widespread as it turns out it probably is. Yeah. Well, I mean, there had already been like 17 guys, and it's usually said as guys, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't hear them talking about women too much. That had, had already been banned or suspended for doing it, right? Yeah. But I kind of always thought it was like the lower level guys right. who, again, guys, who, you know, had the most to sort of gain and were kind of flying under the radar anyway, uh, since these lower level tournaments don't pay that much. And then based on this BuzzFeed slash BBC report that came out on Monday, it turns out it's like a bunch of people that are at the top of the game. Right. I listened to the BBC podcast about it, hour long podcast, which is, which is really well done and well reported and also great because it has that BBC Kind of like they're, as the rebels approach the capital, exactly like that whole thing. Yeah. Well, actually, they're they're sort of more dr- dramatic. Like we've received a cache of important sealed documents. Like in a, <laughs> in a way that NPR would totally underplay it. BBC yeah. is like, fuck yeah, we got the goods. Let's talk fuck about yeah, it. tennis. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's awesome. That um, is awesome. But yeah, there is okay. So there's a lot to say, but in. Uh, in that documentary, like the main sort of example, the sort of anecdotal lead they have is the match between Davidenko and Aquila um, from uh, from like 2008 now. And the most damning part is that Aquila is um, is texting with a known Italian gambler uh, yeah. the morning of the match. Pretty damning. And how the ATP didn't, didn't come down on it. Uh, their answer, their it's put to them like why you didn't suspend everyone or at least him after that, and they do not have satisfying answers. No, at all. Um, it's pretty clear that like at minimum, and to be clear, like this recent report names like a bunch of people in the top fifty, including a Grand Slam winner. And I want us to totally speculate about who that might be because <laughs> I have some ideas. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. wild speculation segment coming up. Um, but like. It seems pretty clear, like, they could have done something. Like, Davidenko's the returning champion of this tournament in Poland in 2008. He wins the first set. He's winning the second right. set. And all of a sudden, these, like, online bets start flooding in. Ten minutes later, uh, he, you know, withdraws with an injury. It's it's incredible. I mean, like, I understand, like, the burden of proof is high for this stuff. But, like, <laughs> the Well, add that <laughs> and the fact that the, the other guy is texting with Italian mobster syndicates and there's, like, the Russian mob is sort of implicated. Right. 
Like right. those are like diehard level villains. They are. They are. And then, well, okay. So wh- the thing that interests me most is like, uh, so they asked Devineko for comment and his agent was like, he's still emotionally recovering from the accusation, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I'll tell you well, that the next time I get called. Up well, something. I'll tell you, Caitlin, I'll tell you, I have a scenario where I think that might not actually be too far from the truth. So what? in the documentary, they, they, uh, Aquila is texting with the Italian mobster. Are you ready? He says, yeah. And then the next text back to, to, to the mobster is like, he doesn't want to do it. He wants to win. And then after that, it just says, okay. And the way that Davidenko like pulled out and didn't tank, like, like, I just wonder, like, I would love to have been in his mind. Like, I wonder what pressure he was under to do it. You know, like and, if a family member was like in Moscow with like a fingers dangling in a blender kind of pressure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this might be like my prejudice against like corrupt Russian, like just how corrupt modern Russia is, even though I think it's pretty <laughs> corrupt. But like, and it, it just doesn't square with what I think of Davidenko, I guess. I don't know. I'm not basing that on much, but there's something kind of heartbreaking about him not being sure about it hmm. right up until the moment. And the fact that he withdrew and didn't actually tank. But that... Um, counted theoretically right like that would have counted for the for the people who bet against him right i like, guess even though like ultimately it didn't matter because like the betting agency was like oh this is super suspicious we're going to suspend exactly all activity and didn't pay anything out they invalidated it yeah and i, I mean right. i wonder if they would have if he hadn't retired because that's like crazy <laughs> crazy yeah, that is crazy <laughs> okay yeah i think that you just brought a human element into it but it's still totally crazy to me to think that this like is going on at the very very top levels of the game and it turns out they're still like digging through the material so hopefully one day we will talk to somebody who reported this out but right now it's total wild speculation which i feel like is our strong suit right totally i mean by material do do you mean a cache of documents (laughs) once we get our own cache of documents (laughs) we'll be able to draw our own conclusions for right now though i totally want to speculate okay do you think who who are we talking about? Who do you think? Right. So they said what? They said like seven or eight in the top 50. I read that yeah. somewhere. Right. And one grand slam winner. And if you look at the men's draw, which I don't mean to exclude the women, but there's no indication that this is women. Right. Um, if you look at the men's, you know, so big few. four it's won so most few. of them. Right. Yeah. It's so few. Like at no time in history. I mean, maybe it's it one of them so or few. more of them, but it kind of doesn't seem like it could be or would be because they don't seem. But, what, you know, yeah. I guess all, all bets are off. Like it could be literally or maybe all bets are on. Mm, very nice. You wa- you, you you like walked into a walked pun- into that one. You walked into a pun you're not sure about. Still, you're like, do <laughs> I, I, I want to claim it was that? a four? <laughs> it was a four. It was, <laughs> it was it was a it was a three point Like you can hit shots where you want to hit them, yeah. but I can't control where they go. But <laughs> exactly. I can make contact with the record. Um, my dad makes puns like that, so that's okay. for you, Dad. Sure. Um, I'm gonna totally wildly speculate. Uh huh. Can I guess what you're gonna guess? Yeah. Although I'm now afraid that I'm being too obvious. Chillage. Yeah. Sure. You know me so well. Yeah. I mean, Chilich, I mean, so, I mean, who are we looking at really in terms of non-big four? Vavrinka, Del Potro. Right. Chilich. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? We don't have a reason to implicate anyone other than like Chilich has already sort of has the steroids thing against him and like maybe right. he's just corrupt through and through. I don't know. I mean, again, there's like no evidence. I, I, like, no. I mean, who, who knows? Could it be the big four? Could it be Murray or Djokovic or Nadal or Federer? Right. I mean, in if, my heart, I say no, but I'm also, you know, I didn't think any of these guys were cheating. Right. I mean, if, if, if there's reasons they're doing it other than money, right? Then, yeah. like, like if, they, if they are being threatened, then like it could be anyone. And it could also be that like Chilich 
did steroids and also was forced to do this because he was in fear for his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like both things could be true, right? Um, it could be. Yeah. So It could be. Yeah. So throwing out money and just to be clear, John Wertheim, tennis uh, channel commentator, Sports Illustrated columnist, wrote a really fun and interesting piece not really going much further than the cache of documents because we haven't seen them because and I, neither has he right. I gather but basically talking about how like the incentive structure is really messed up and he uses an example which I thought was a really fun tidbit that the cafe at the Australian Open started going all you can eat this uh-huh. year and like as a result all the players are just eating all the food and like the cafe is running out of food. (laughs) And so like it totally backfired on them. Right. And similarly, the way that the pay structure in tennis is so heavily weighted to the favorites and paying match appearance fees and, you know, um, rewarding the top winners at the top tournaments and pretty much nobody else means if you're like a challenger, you're making maybe a hundred bucks in the first round of a tournament versus the ultimate winner. who's making a couple million. And all of a sudden a guy offering you a hundred thousand dollars to, to, toss a match starts being really compelling it doesn't seem like Federer or Nadal or Djokovic or or um, Murray have an incentive to 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 take the money but well I mean I think as long as we're, like there is no it's so incredible that like a male because there are so few that a grand slam winner it just seems totally like I, I still like I do have a hard time believing it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's fascinating, and I can't wait. Like it's funny because tennis is usually like rele- relegated to tennis stories, like oh Serena won, right. blah blah blah, and now all of a sudden it's like a story story, right? And everyone is asking me my opinion about it, which believe me, I've never knowingly withheld an opinion. Right. <laughs> so it's great. I had a great week, <laughs> totally speculating about all of this. So that to me, like, I can't wait to see how this story develops, and hopefully, we'll have somebody who's seen the cache of documents on the show. Right. Right. Um, and also, just to cap this off, where we started, um, take it from someone who has produced and written uh, profile, long, tearful profile pieces. Ten years, the Davidenko story is going to be fascinating about how this worked. Like I, I, like I can't get over how, like what it must have been like for him to be on the court deciding whether or not to tank. You think he was like point by point being like weighing? Well, I think he walked onto the. I mean, he might have walked onto the court not really sure, or huh. you, you know what I mean? Like, how could you not be sure the day of if that's true? And he has like no reason to lie to the 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 mobster, right? Like, like it. Yeah, know, it feels like that would be a bad move. Right. <laughs> right, I don't know exactly. much about mobsters, but what right. I do know is they don't like being crossed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just also incredible that tennis has like villains. And also, yeah. I just want to say, it seems like the ATP, maybe the WTA, but certainly the ATP, which governs the men's uh, body of tennis, is like yeah. super complicit in not doing anything to fix it. Right. And and in the documentary, they talk about how, you know, uh, it was just that like they only hired two people to do it. And it's right. kind of like, it's like that is like not a sexy like sin. Oh, P.S. But it is, one of but, them yeah. bet on tennis. One of the people on the commission bet on tennis. <laughs> So, well, to catch a criminal, Caitlin, <laughs> know what I'm saying? 
Correct. Completely <laughs> correct. Um, so despite this poll yeah. that this this poll on the game yeah. that uh, has been cast by this investigation, we do have a Grand Slam tournament. Tennis is back um, on the mainstream airwaves on like ESPN, not just relegated to the 400s as it usually is in my household. Right. Have you been watching the Australian? Have I, you been catching any matches? I have been, and it's being being able to watch at any time. Ugh, it's great. Um, it's uh, like no, I can't think of a sporting event other than the Olympics, I guess, that um, that more benefits from that. I am really excited to see the resurgence of Azarenka. I feel like she's in great form and I'm really pumped to right. see if she can like make this sort of transition year back into the top like couple. Right. Because last year I think she she kind of had a, she had she had the game to do it and yep. she was injury free, but she kind of just had some bad draws. Right. And it's, um, I mean, the tour like really, the tour needs her, Caitlin. Yeah. The women's it tour does. needs her. I need it really her. does. I need her. I need her personally. She, she like lights a little bit of a flame in the whole proceedings. Yes. I love that she's weird and kind of cheesy and, you know, emotional and, and yeah. you know, she's fiery and she wears shorts. Like I love it. Yeah. I'm into it. Totally. It's great. Anything on the men's side of note? Uh, I mean, Nadal losing, although I think that's a little like, like, is that, that a story anymore? Well, yeah, I think it's still a story because he played well leading up to the tournament. I mean, Verdasco's like good and like kind of an underachiever, not a sad un- underachiever, but probably could have been a little better yeah. uh, when he was younger. And, um, I mean, you, and he just played out of his mind. I mean, you could say that if Nadal had been playing stronger, Verdasco couldn't have gotten into a spot where he could have played out of his mind. But it was a pretty high quality first round match. I mean, yeah, no, that's a tough draw, especially uh, if somebody's playing like real tops. Exactly. So yeah. uh, I think it's a little, I mean, clearly like Nadal's not where he was even two years ago, but it's a little unfair to say, like, well, that's it. He's done. Although the state of his hair, Caitlin. Oof, oh, I can't. I know. Uh, it's, I feel like we're just ganging up on him at this point <laughs> with the hair. I, I mean, like he, he should do the Agassi thing and just like shave it. Well, I wanted to bring that up. I mean, I'm I'm not sure to what degree you're kidding, but um, I'm but not. Like, we're kind of in that I'm territory. Dead yeah, he's 29. Yeah. Like if he plays to 33, which is not impossible, although not totally likely. But if he did, like he might have to take measures. Those I think measures, measures need to be taken. Well, you know, Roddick went with a hat for I mean his whole career, but right, it used Harry used to stick out in the front, and then by the end, right. You yeah, know, it didn't. It, it didn't. Draw your own conclusions. That was, so, that was so somber for you. And then at the end, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. I have to say, um, first of all, I'm feeling high off the Djokovic love from Sean Ramos Farm last yeah. week. Yep. His outfit looks great. I got two discrete pieces of feedback from main draw listeners. Okay. Um, Shannon from Westchester said that she has fallen in love all over again, especially okay. now that Nadal is out. Yes. By listening to Sean's impassioned plea for Nadal, I mean for Djokovic. So if you uh-huh. haven't heard it, go back one episode and listen. Yep. And then Jen in Alabama said that she loved that guy and why wasn't he on the podcast? So that's not Yo, feedback we're gonna we're gonna incorporate into our show. But thanks anyway, Jen. <laughs> um, he's great. He is a big talent. Big big talent. Yeah, he's got his own show. He doesn't need our tennis show. No. Um, Man, they uh, I like. I'm excited for the rest of the tournament. I mean, most of the big hitters are still in there, and there are a few like fun younger players. Like uh, Team, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I love that guy. One handed backhand. Yeah, Austrian. Great one handed backhand. <laughs> totally. Uh, and him playing. Uh, who is it? Uh, also, Koric. Goffin. Oh, Goffin. That's it. Yeah, but, that was a good match. That's yeah. like the next like couple years. Those guys are going to be in the final. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, Goffin is just like comically small, but just like he like has the right attitude for it. Like it's like Davidenko and then Ferrer and now it's this guy. 
It's great. Yeah, it's like yeah. a scrappy. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right, I'm getting called to go play my match. This has been a pleasure. Uh, we should obviously check in in a week's time to see how our favorites are faring. Sure, sure. Wow, what a dramatic way to sign off in this podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to go take to the court. Sure. Wish okay. me luck. All right, later on, Kate. Goodbye. Bye.